millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When I started this podcast, I always knew I wanted to have a victim of a famous movie slasher on the show. And then I thought, no, they're a dime a dozen. Why not go to the source? Hi, I'm Matt Gorley, and this is I Was There Too, the show where I talk to people present in the great scenes of cinema history. And today, I talk to one of the most famous slashers of all time. I mean, really, it's an exclusive club. You've got the patron saint of them all, Norman Bates. Perhaps Matron Saint is a better title, but after that, for iconic and enduring slashers, there's only Leatherface, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger. And with the exception of one more, every other killer seems to somehow be merely a second-tier slasher. God love them, you got your Chuckies, your Jigsaws, Candymans, your still-know-what-you-dids, but they just haven't graduated to first class, I don't think. But... The deadliest of all the originals, a fact backed up with hard data later in this episode, is what we're all about today. Jason Voorhees. As played by Derek Mears in 2009's Friday the 13th. Derek is an extremely versatile actor and brought a life to that character most would say didn't exist before. He's also been in so many wonderful franchises and films including Indiana Jones, Predators, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Snow, MacGruber, and the TV show Community where he played the infamous Kick Puncher. He's the eighth actor to play Jason, which is more Jasons than there have been James Bonds, and as you'll hear, has an interesting approach to the role that's equal parts action hero and cartoon character, as well as a touching identification to the young Tommy in Friday the 13th Part 4, The Final Chapter, which wouldn't be the final chapter. Part 8 would be the final Friday, which wouldn't be the final one either. Okay, sit back, get ready, get back up, Go see why the lights cut out, maybe take a walk to the lake, take your clothes off, lie in a raft, get a knife through your throat, float back to the shore and scare someone else who is about to be killed, and enjoy. The film, Friday the 13th, the year 2009, the role, Jason Voorhees, the actor, Derek Mears. Derek Mears... The fantastic rears of Derek Mears. <laughs> I want that from every intro from now on. I want that. <laughs> okay. In this reboot of Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees isn't drowned. He's just left alone to become a feral child. 
I love the reality of this. This is really the Friday the 13th franchise's Casino Royale kind of like <laughs> reboot, and, uh, which, as you might imagine, I'm on board for that. But that makes you the Daniel Craig of Jason's. I love your face right now. How do you feel about I'm that? My, I, I have a uh, egotistical uh, erection, <laughs> and I thank you very much. It's lifting the table. Uh, Ooh, no, I am a huge Daniel Craig fan, so that's that's very flattering. Well, goddammit, I'm a huge Derek Maris fan. Get out of town, you sweetheart of a man. We've known each other for... Sevens of years? Yeah, it's no. probably scores. Scores. No, yeah. Kyle, when we, we, we did comedy sports originally together, uh, the improv yeah. comedy show. Yeah, in the mid-90s or late 90s yeah, yeah. we met? When we were just pups. Just pups. Babies. Little pups. And you went on to so many great things that we're going to talk about today. Pirates of the Caribbean... Jason Voorhees, <laughs> among many other things. So let's start with that. Okay. Deal. Um, people love your Jason, and I count myself among them. Uh, you've played it once in the reboot from 2009. So the approach to this character, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that he isn't just a supernatural mindless killer. He's basically just defending his territory. So this is the first time I've ever really felt like Jason had a, a sound motivation. I know before he was revenging <laughs> his mother's death, mm -hmm. but this one is that, but also it makes sense that he he's not been educated. He's living on nuts and berries and rodents, <laughs> right? Correct, correct. So what was your approach in this character? Well, it, it was interesting when uh, I was the first approach for the project when I was talking to Mark Swift and Damien Shannon, the writers, uh, a lot of credit for the reboot uh, and success goes to them because they first first and foremost love the Friday the 13th franchise and their take on it was uh, before the Jason character was more of an entity and a presence and this time they actually wanted to write him as a character and their thoughts were that he's actually basically an anti-hero uh, in, in a sick twisted way because like when we all tune in to watch Jason we want to see the unique kills and whatnot. But we also understand that Jason, in a sense, is the ultimate victim. And so we all relate to why he's doing what he's doing with the murders. But uh, though it's incorrect, you shouldn't murder and hurt people. Just uh, That's my strong political stance, guys. We relate to why he's doing these yeah, murders. Yeah, we get it. We've we, all had our mothers beheaded. Come on, guys. But I mean, I'm in the sense of being like an outsider. Because yes. like, my, my whole take on it was that being the Jason... Uh, uh, was born different and he had um, uh, deformities uh, that the world is against him and his only uh, he's been rejected by the world and his only love source is his mother though she's batshit crazy and being that she saw him get murdered in front of him at such a young age uh, uh, he's even pulled back farther from society so as an actor I did a lot of research on child psychology on that age and see what parts of development that he missed as a because um, it was like eight years old I believe the character was at the time and um, there's a part of like that group bonding where you start putting your kids in soccer and um, baseball and group activities. <laughs> well, there's a Jason movie right there. <laughs> it's kind of like Bad News Bears, but Jason's the character. We need someone who can really block the ball. He's out there past the home run fence. No, that, he's a bad egg. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but no. So the 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 take on it was that you know he wants to be left alone. Uh, and, and being that he's been shunned by society, and when these kids come into like his area, he has a deal with the local town people going. You leave me alone, I leave you alone, everything's fine. But when these kids in, um, encroach on the, his area, it, it's, I was playing it almost like a Vietnam flashback, going like, you're the ones who killed my mother. And you have this, we all have that, that tie-in to love. Like we have that emotional keyboard where like if you see someone close to you get hurt, 
uh, we, we have that, that visceral, raw reaction. And I try to c- capture that with each of the kills and whatnot because that, trying to tie that humanity into the character and rather than just being a one-dimensional character. I read that there were some links to this in the original John Rambo, right, back when it <laughs> wasn't. Is that not true? Because I, I read that online. Is that that was I, I was asked that's early probably on. Somebody ex- extrapolated that from what you just said. Well, it's it's true. I, I my my take on the character was uh, I, I talked about in an interview early on, which is the, the case was it's a little mixture of Tarzan, John Rambo, and uh, the abominable snowman from Bugs Bunny, <laughs> which is basically George or uh, from or, or from, Lenny from, from, from um, Mice and Men. Yeah, that's sorry, right. getting yeah. characters wrong. Guys, I don't read. I, I just punch people. Who does? Like, there are podcasts for that. <laughs> So, yeah, that was my my take on the character. So, so how do you find – because you have to be – I'm assuming this. You have to be the Jason with the most character development and depth of research. Um, how did you find you could show that with limitations of a mask and, and prosthetics? Because it's not even that you're just wearing a face mask. You're wearing full head prosthetics. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is crazy. Um, and it was really interesting when I first met for the role, um, only two of us were brought in. Um, and the reason that I was meeting for the role was the producers were asking a bunch of different industry professionals uh, with their opinion of who they thought would be uh, a new good Jason Voorhees. And my name kept popping up in different circles. And so when I met with the casting director for the first time with Lisa Fields, uh, she's like, look, there's no dialogue for the character. Um, so I would like to talk like philosophy and whatnot. Oh, wow. And uh, I explained to her and I go... Uh, it also said, they, this time around, we want a professional actor and not just a guy who's wearing a mask. Like, what do you think about that? And so I explained to her, like, my, my own theories of things. I go, as an actor, when you get a script, uh, you have to, if it has dialogue or not, and if you can see the face or not, you still approach it in the same way, that that's your blueprint, and you make your character choices and you build your character. And so when you're in the scene, as long as you commit sincerely to whatever's going on, you have to trust that energy transfers through the mask and is captured on camera. Um, a lot of times people go, oh, like, we need a big guy. Like, you know, like, you only see out of one eye uh, or, or I'm going to act with my body. I'm yeah. a body actor. I'm like, no, that's bad acting. That's, that's indicating. And like, that's not me. And I go, if the mask is on or off, you're going to get the same thing happening. And it's, just, it's my own take on things. Like whatever other people do, I'm like, no disrespect to that. But it's just it's what works for me. It really comes through. Oh, it's, thanks, buddy. I'm t- well, I got a lot of father issues that I let out on camera <laughs> and express it that way. I thought when you said that you had to discuss your philosophy on it, that it was like meeting Jason's philosophy. And was he like in deter- determinism or free will? <laughs> Where does he fall in that? <laughs> That's so funny. I remember doing that guy. I was doing the, uh, I was nominated uh, for um, best villain for the MTV movie That's awards. right. Yeah, I have that here. I, I lost to some guy named Heath Ledger for, nah, I don't. Nah, <laughs> history will not remember him. Does anybody know the Joker? No. Like, what is that character? No. Weird. No. Uh, but I was doing the red carpet. I remember like, it was an MTV crowd. So, like, hey, Derek, well, you're playing this crazy killer. Like, man, what's going on? Like, how does it feel? Like, what was your process? And I got so deep and like psychological about my own process. And they were expecting like, no, I drink beer and like, you know, make out with chicks and murder. It's amazing. And they're like, oh, you studied wilderness survival and like the the sympathy of being alone. And I, oh, you're you're kind of overqualified for this. I go, no, I'm a giant nerd. You're wrong. Like I, I love growing up like like loving sci-fi and horror and comic books. And now it's so weird that. A lot of things that I love as a child are now mainstream and cool. Yeah. Because at the time, going like growing up and being kind of the different kid myself, uh, you know, having the uh, the hair. Did I tell you about the hair loss thing that we talked about? No, we haven't talked about that. Um, on the show or personally? Personally, I know about the personally yeah. about the alopecia and whatnot. Oh, of course, yeah. But um, for those those of you who don't know, uh, podcast listeners, <laughs> um, I grew up with, uh, having alopecia, which means, um, in, in a nutshell, my my hair would fall out. 
And I grew up in a small town of Bakersfield, California. At the time, uh, being bald and white wasn't super cool. Uh, uh, either A, you had cancer, or B, you were a white supremacist, uh, which I was neither. <laughs> so um, uh, one of the things I loved about the before getting hired for Friday the 13th, I'm a huge Friday the 13th fan, and it's my favorite horror series, and Jason's my favorite horror character. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's That's crazy. It, it, it was, it's so weird. Uh, like Two things gave me nightmares as a child. One was Jason Voorhees, and the other was the Bigfoot from Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, my God. Mine was Michael Myers. Oh, get out of but, town. But I would have this recurring nightmare, and then sometimes he would be like subbed out by Jason Voorhees, or sometimes the aliens from Aliens. Oh, no like, kidding. It was clearly me working out some issues and it didn't matter who was you know hunting me oh my god so that's but i've so told funny. you this that that because jason was present in my recurring nightmares as mm -hmm. a child and even into adulthood mm -hmm. when you became Jason Voorhees and I knew you and know you to be such a lovable, nice man. <laughs> there was a bit of closure for me, like, oh, I can reason with this person. Or in my <laughs> dreams, I cannot reason with this man. That's fantastic. That that makes me feel much better. Well, but uh, thank you. I, on a deeper, like, uh, for my own sense, um, I remember seeing part four um, uh, at the time the with Corey chapter. Feldman. Yeah, and, my favorite one. Um, same, same. Yeah. Like, like Ted White's like my favorite, yeah. like Jason of all time. Oh, like, wow. oh, it's so freaking cool. And but, he only did it that one time, correct. right? Yeah. Correct. But um, by while watching the part where um, Corey Feldman comes down the stairs and he has his head shaved yeah. with little tufts of hair here and there, uh, pretending to be like a younger version of Jason to stop him, uh, at the time, that's what my hair looked like. I had little tufts here and oh. there, and I was close to that age. And so when I saw it, I went, oh, I'm like a younger version of Jason. No. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, being a different kid because yeah. the hair would fall out. And then it was such a weird, like, kind of like mind screw because what gave me nightmares as a child is now as an adult, it's my turn to give nightmares to a whole new generation. And also at the time thinking, oh, I'm different. This sucks. This is horrible. And then growing into adulthood going, oh, what I thought was my biggest weakness is actually my biggest strength. You it's know? like victimless revenge. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. I, it's poetic in a way. Oh, I that's love so it. weird. That's a, <laughs> I'm going to sit and think for a little bit. <laughs> also, by the way, I love the setup, by the way. Like, your chair is so much higher than mine. I feel like I'm in trouble. Oh, it is. I like, just like, noticed. I'm, yeah. I'm being interviewed. Well, I'm in trouble at the principal's You've office. You've been murdering campers for going on 35 years now. I don't know what happened, Matt. They fell on my blade. It's not my fault. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah. I want to talk about some of the, what it's like to kill people on a Friday the 13th day. First of all, all right, one fair. of the first kills you have is you sleeping bag roast a girl. You put a girl in a sleeping bag, mm -hmm. hoist her over a fire. You don't burn her. You just like cook her. Yeah. Like a professional, like a gentleman. <laughs> you don't just you're not go on a date and pop open raviolis and hand them to somebody. It takes some time. Get a little some wine prepared. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Now, when you were shooting some of these kill scenes, were mm -hmm. there any of the victims, even though they knew it was acting, that still had a little trepidation? Because, I mean, you've got to be frightening once the mask is on and they know you to be a nice guy. But still, how many of them were like, this is going to be a blast? And how many of them were like a little nervous? Well, it's fun because the, the, the show is so special to me because the, the cast, we all genuinely like each other. And it, it's such a rare thing. But we, we all stay in contact and we still have like reunions and get togethers. And oh, like wow. the, the best people in the world. Um, but uh, uh, it was fun because we, between takes, you know, we'd screw around and be ourselves. But then we would switch, like, dude, like you, you switch, and it's freaking frightening. Like you, you're all goofy and playing around, and then all of a sudden you're going, "I'm gonna murder." It, it, it's it's frightening. Yeah, I feel it. There was a time um, on the show where um, uh, we were shooting in the middle of the woods. It was like three in the morning, pitch black all around. Everyone's super stoked to be a part of the Friday film. And at one point, um, uh, uh, Jonathan Sadowski. 
uh, who was the first kill with the uh, the earbuds. Oh on. yeah, the guy looking. He just finds the pot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we're, we're sitting. All of us are sitting in the, in the chairs watching at Video Village, watching the monitors and whatnot. And Jonathan's like, oh, "Man, I got to go to the bathroom." And he gets up, and the 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 honey wagon, the, the bathroom is. Uh, about you know 100 yards down in this dirty trail of nothing in, in nightmare land and like you know he walks out and the producer sits there and goes oh man like somebody needs to scare him and I went <laughs> on it goes, no 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 you're in makeup you don't no 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 I got it and so I went out and like I hid in the bushes and I waited for him to come out of the bath and oh, I was walking my back worst nightmare um, I didn't have the mask on at all and I, I came out behind him and Rather than being, I didn't want to be cliche and do the boo or the rah. I yeah. just came out and his hissed and went. Hiss. He turned to me. He had his hands up like they're on a sliding glass mirror, uh, and his legs were squatted, and he like almost like a crab, and he shuffled back and forth with his feet, like. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and then we came back to the video village and sat down. And I go, oh man, I, go, I really tried to get you. He goes, no. You, no, no, you don't understand. He goes, I, that point of your body between flight and fight, I, I wanted to punch you in the face, but I also wanted to run at the same time. Like, no, you scared the crap out of me. And uh, good times were had by all. I, I would not emotionally survive that. <laughs> I, I am such an excitable boy. Like, mm. uh, Amanda will come around the corner in a sunlit mid-afternoon mm. day in our place, and I will just cry. Oh, just like, oh. I don't expect it. And it all comes from Halloween. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Well, come ha- this year, Halloween, I would hope to have someone on from Halloween. I and know we'll a lot of people about, from I know Halloween. You do. I'm going to talk about PJ Souls. Oh, she's a sweetheart. Oh, oh my I God. Love it. I love I pretend it. I travel and do a lot of conventions with her. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a blast on the side note. But it's fun because a lot of times um, I'll help her with her luggage. We'll, we'll travel together and I'll pretend I'll lie that when we're boarding that she's my mother. <laughs> and I'll do bits. And I'm like, oh, Mom, come on. God. I'm sorry, my mom's boarding. Can I? She needs help with a luggage. Can I go early? Is that cool? Oh yeah, no, no, no problem. So, Jason, you're mm. Jason. Yes. He, they. It's interesting how they kind of compound the first three films into one, mm-hmm. which I think is great. And they they get a lot of that out in the opening scene. So you go from child to the bag-headed killer mm-hmm. to the hockey mask killer. Uh, you're also like a camp counselor whistle collector. You've got the whistles. <laughs> and my awards, are you kidding me? Yeah, the awards. The way they humanize him is what makes him so much scarier in in ways that don't work with other reboots. I think when they give too much motivation or history, mm-hmm. like they showed why you are that way, but then just gave you little details w- without doing the broad strokes. Mm-hmm. They let you fill in the blanks in between of how you've raised yourself and so now you still have the bed with Jason carved <laughs> in the headboard. Part of me wants to believe like you were able to take that bed home from oh. the production and have it in a guest room somewhere. Can you imagine? That would be amazing. I would be so, so afraid to, to sleep in it. Yeah, I didn't take anything. A lot of times on the shows, I don't take anything with me. But I did get – there were six masks made. And yeah. I did get this number six mask, which is pretty awesome. I know, and I've tried it on. I have a picture of oh, it. So Remember cool. when I? Yeah, I you came should post over. it for this. I will. I will. So, is performing kill after kill eventually an unexciting process? I would imagine, like you know, like romance or sex scenes in movies aren't really sexy. <laughs> There's a lot to be done, and it's probably like any other movie shoot. It's slow and laborious. Or are there moments where it's a little thrilling? It, they're all thrilling, actually, because the the art is to make the violence. It's, it's an elaborate, violent dance to make it look as murderous as possible without hurting the person that you're doing it with. Um, there are other theories of guys, um, not poo-pooing the theories, it's just opposite theories to my own, where some guys will who play like tough guy or, or murderous roles won't 
interact with the cast, so they're afraid of them the whole time. Oh, wow. And I go, the problem with that is I go, when you're doing a stunt scene, it is an elaborate dance. And when if someone is already afraid of you, like th- there's a higher possibility of them getting hurt. And so like, as an actor, when you're doing that scene, you have to trust that we can switch to that mode and do it, A, safely, but also commit to the characters uh, and execute you know, the scene how it is written. Uh, without, if, if you scare somebody, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you're, it's, it's not worth, you know, we're, we're telling stories. We're, with TV and film, we're telling modern myths, and there's no reason to risk someone's life to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and after all, it is acting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're professional children. We're playing. That's yeah. right. And then it's the moment I said that, I realized if I were in the movie and I were getting killed and I hadn't met the person playing the killer mm-hmm. and they just showed up on the take, I would be scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you can't mess with people's processes, I guess. Uh, you sort of also remind me of my cat in this movie because mm-hmm. she gets those kind of sideways glances. And just <laughs> She's very primal uh, but has a personality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about your Jason that it does have like a sympathetic vibe to it and yet you're terrified of him and it makes for a strong – I don't know, fear. See, that makes me so happy that you said that, actually. Not the, the whole cat analogy, but uh, or the comparison. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm flattering you. She's beautiful. <laughs> She's beautiful. I know how much you love your cat, man. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, we actually shot certain scenes um, uh, two different ways where the performance would be more uh, um, emotional-based so that the audience, for when they went to editing, they could, uh, they could balance between uh, keeping it, him empathetic uh, and emotional and also extremely violent. So when that, that, that music piece came together and they would you know, layer going, oh, we need more emotion here, we need less emotion. Like, for example, um, a lot of people don't know the very, the original cut for the ending when Jason has the uh, chain around his neck and is being pulled into the, uh, uh, the wood chipper. Uh, the original way we played it and we went for test audiences was that, the, uh, like most Friday the 13th, it builds up where the mask actually pops off and you see the deformed face underneath. Okay. And being that Jason is tied to Amanda Rigetti's character, uh, that he's confused, but being his mom is his only, you know, tied to love him. Amanda looks so much, Amanda's the character, you know, uh, not, not your Amanda, not Amanda, <laughs> um, looks so much like his mother. Uh, that he's confused, going like, "You killed my mother. I want to murder you, but also I love you because I don't have that source of human love." So at the end, when he's being choked by the chain, and she comes up with a machete and stabs him. Spoilers, uh, guys! It came out in two thousand nine. If you don't know by now, yeah. it's your fault. Um, and, he, and he stabs, or she stabs Jason. Uh, There's a lot of emotion, like, 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 like almost crying for him, going like, "What? Why? Are, I love you. Like, why are you doing this? Why?" And the producer said when they tested it for the screen uh, or the test audiences that they expected everyone to be like, yay, Jason gets murdered. Uh, and the audience was like just dead silent and like mm-hmm. bummed out. And I go, well, you, you don't understand. I go, Jason's the antihero. We, we all tune in because of Jason. And I go, you're not going to get that reaction because we're on his side. And um, – uh, so they went and redid it where they used a different cut where the mask was on. Does that footage, uh, has it been released anywhere on a DVD I or don't anything? think so, not yet. I would love to see that. I'm assuming like when they when part two or the re-relaunch comes out, uh, they'll probably release more. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, so they just right. f- Recently, there was this whole rumor going around that they were going to do basically yet another reboot or a soft reboot in mm-hmm. a found footage version. And it seems that they've scrapped that and they may be going back to just another straightforward sequel. Possibly. 
It might be a straight a new home movie or it might be a sequel. I don't know. And I realize you may not even be able to comment on this, but well, I, I, I will comment it on it for you. <laughs> Fair. Everybody wants Derek Mears back in this role. You are a sweetheart. It's face. not me. I don't want you back. <laughs> Everybody else does. That's so nice. I want my cat in that movie. <laughs> no. uh, it has to be you. It can only be you. And that's yeah. beyond flattering. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on much with the sequel. Um, I, I work with Platinum Dunes recently, and um, I didn't even want to ask about it because I don't like lying to people about it because there's certain times when you're contractually you can't talk about yeah. it. Um, well, maybe that's what this is. But uh, No, actually, I, I would be honest about it. It's not. Well, you're lying. I you have to be. lie. I want to slowly sink in my seat like an alligator <laughs> sinking into a swamp where just my eyes are on the table. <laughs> that's it. Um, but no, I, I really don't. But what I heard, the, I know what the internet knows for the sequel is um, they just, they have the, uh, the one of the writers from Hannibal, which is like one of my favorite TV yeah. shows, uh, working on the script, and they're trying to get it off the ground. And originally there was going to be a found footage, and now they've changed it where it's not going to be found footage. And I, I told them uh, early on, uh, right after we did the uh, remake, because they were originally going to go directly into part two, and they're like, hey, man, like, look, if we do another one, like, you're a guy, you're a guy. And I go, look, I know how Hollywood works and whatnot. It's extremely flattering. I go, I would love to do it. But the thing is, sometimes things change that are even out of your control. And I go, as a horror, I'm a horror fan first and foremost. So my side of it is to just make another, have a good story and make a good Friday film. Even if it's not me, just make it and, and make it good so we all can enjoy it. And we can, can follow, we can follow the, uh, the iconic mythology of the character. Yeah. Well, you're the most noble Jason that's ever walked this earth. I'm going to punch you in the face to prove it wrong. I take it back. Bambo. All right. We'll be uh, right back after these medjuses. Well, we're back with the emerald tears of Derek Mears. Um, Derek, we're going to talk about your vast uh, other characters and roles that you've played. Let's start with uh, your little stint on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal oh Skull. The, you play one of the Russian soldiers oh, in the cold open sequence, yeah. right? In the warehouse. Yeah. I don't even know what specific question to ask you. It's an infamous movie at this point, but it was, was it a fun process? Or? No, it was. It was back when I was actually, I think it was my last official stunt job. Uh, I had a stunt acting yeah. role, but um, no, it, it's crazy. Like, like Indiana Jones was, uh, they originally wanted me to, to double the big Russian guy. Oh, but, but then when they found out that I couldn't grow hair, they're oh, yeah, oh, it was the coolest thing. They're like, yeah, we're going to have you double this guy and do that and do the fights. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And they go, um, so go ahead and start growing your hair out. And I went, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. And they're like, why not? And I explained the whole alopecia thing. Uh, and they're like, oh, okay. Uh, and so they, they put me in for one of the opening officers and whatnot. But on the alopecia side, again, it's, it's so weird. That, but now... Like, I can grow, like, a goatee. I know. I remember that happened recently, right? But nowhere, nowhere else. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like, I, I'm in my 40s and became a, a man all of a sudden. <laughs> the weird thing is asking all your friends, like, who are grown men going, hey, do you, do you trim here? Do you shave this? Like, how do you control it? Like, Come here, son. Yeah. Always <laughs> shave with the grain. No. <laughs> now, your mother won't be around much longer. She's leaving. What? Yes, I'm afraid there was a problem at church. 
I don't know if you're joking or if well, this is real. Son, I never joke. Also, my parents are dead, man. Oh, I guess I am joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was the mood on set? Is Harrison Ford as cranky as he seems? Oh, man, that guy is spry. Like, is he really? Yeah, he was like all over the place and goofing and playing. Um, I didn't have a lot of like, interaction with Harrison. Also, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. There was one point where I went to craft service by myself. Well, let, let me back up. Uh, uh, being that I'm much bigger than everybody else, there are scenes uh, because of the stunt acting role where you did crowd scenes. And uh, I remember Spielberg, like, looking through, you know, looking at his monitor and looking up going, um, who, who's that guy? Who, who? And, like, people were like, and he's like, this guy? This guy? Who, who? And I'm like, oh, God, here it comes, here it comes. And they point, like, and they go, this guy? And they're like, hey, Spielberg. And uh, he goes, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's unique. I keep looking at him. Like my eye in the scene, it's distracting. I keep drawing. I, I want to watch him. Like, can we? Which is a for a stunt person, bad. B on the acting side, fantastic. Right. That, that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of times, you know, for some of the scenes, I would uh, 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 he'd be moving to the side at the very edge of the frame. Uh, and so they would call, like, hey, we need the, the opening guys, the opening officers to do the scene. Let's get everybody in here. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm super stoked to be on an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. I, I'm walking in there. Yeah, hey, Derek, um, why, don't you, why don't you go hang out by Crafty for a little bit? Uh. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. But um, there was a point where, um, being an, uh, a fan nerd myself, where I was at craft service by myself, and uh, Harrison was sitting next to a friend of his uh, in his chair, and I peripherally saw him make eye like watching me and like put his hand up on his his chin and be like give that hmm look and he leans over his friend and started whispering something and his friend looks over at me and he puts his hand on his chin giving the hmm look and they're st- I know they're staring at me and being one of my childhood heroes I'm trying to be cool like going like <laughs> I I'm, I'm nervous right now natural moment I I am grabbing an apple like I normally do this is this is I'm just no I am now not deciding the apple he's still watching me I'm going to go for a protein bar I my hand is on my hip I'm casual this is and I was just trying to keep it together and it was just ridiculous I never knew what he was thinking really never but it was probably, oh, what could that have been let's make up uh, answers I like him. Probably like, oh my God, that guy is such an alpha male. <laughs> if I were a lady person, I would lose my mind and be so respectfully submissive. No. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um, I'm Harrison Ford, and <coughs> and uh, I say that first just because my voice doesn't sound like <laughs> me, so that you know in this line that I am he. Uh, my point is, I'm watching this fellow over here at Craft Services, and I'm just wondering if he would like to come over here with the three of us, and then we could put our hands on our chin and talk about somebody else. And then we'll do it all again, and it'll be a chain, like amoeba tag. And suddenly there's just one person left on set, and everybody else is in a line looking at that person. And then, won't that be great on America's Funniest Home Videos? I'm Harrison Ford. (laughs) His own thoughts. He tags his own thoughts with his name. That would be amazing. He He bookends him. Oh, my God. Did you have any interaction with Kate Blanchett? I did not. I've got a little something for her. We would do. A little crush. Oh, God, I thought you were yeah. being dirty. No, heavens, no. She's a classy lady, and oh. I'm a gentleman. I thought you were saying, because I've seen you naked. Oh, <laughs> he's correct. You also play classic Predator in Predators. <laughs> True. How'd you like that segue? Just hard cut it. Perfect. <laughs> Bam. 
Yeah, Predator was awesome, and that was so much fun. I, I kind of feel like I'm a giant child going through my toy chest of different it characters. It is ridiculous. The things that you, the iconic things that you've gotten to play. That job came about. Uh, thank goodness. I, I'm so thankful for Greg Nicotero from KMB, and some of you guys might know Greg from. Uh, he does all the Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. he's an effects master, and also a fantastic director as well. Uh, but Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and. Um, when I read in the trades that Robert Rodriguez was going to produce a new Predators movie, I'm like, oh, that's, that sounds amazing. I know Greg's connection. So when Greg was calling me up socially, uh, I, answered, I, mean, I saw that was him. I answered it, and I, without him saying anything, I'm like, I know why you're calling, Greg. Yeah, I'll be your Predator. I know what you want. Duh. And he was like, yeah, you think I'm right, asshole. No, that's not what I'm calling about. I'm calling about something else. Like, oh, oh. And then like a month or so later came by and or came around and then he called again. I'm like, hey, man. He was like, all right, do you want to be a predator? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, are you kidding me? And so I went in and read the script and I met with Greg and uh, some of the producers. And I'm like, so which of the predators are you thinking about? For me portraying, like, well, we want you to play the classic. Oh, and I'm like, yes, that's yeah. the one I wanted. Badass. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but it was an amazing uh, uh, life experience and then so much fun. Where did you guys shoot that? <laughs> uh, they shot uh, some of the jungle scenes in Kauai, which I was not a part of. Uh, but I, all the things that I shot, we were months over at Troublemaker Studios. Uh, outside the studio on the, the, the tarmac, which used to be like an old airport, like a, a round troublemaker. Where is they, Troublemaker? Uh, it's in Austin, Texas. Oh, well, all your movies are in Austin. I Wasn't know, Friday the 13th there? Friday the 13th also yeah. was Austin. Well, two of them. It's my, my second home. I get two of my all of the movies. <laughs> I don't hyperbolize. I like that. Um, but uh, so they, they turned outside at the tarmac. They built this giant jungle set, and it was just amazing. And uh, Nimrod... Um, uh, who, the, who was the director? It was super cool, and like we were both had like the love for a lot of the things that are nerdy. Yeah, you know, having conversations with you know about you know Damon Wayne, Damian Wayne, the new you know Robin for Batman. And oh wow, like, guys, guys, we we have a film. Oh yeah, I, I gotta go, I gotta go. But um, yeah, it was a, a fantastic experience. Speaking of nerdy, uh, the noise that the predator makes is one of my favorite ah, things. Can you do it? I can't. Wait, let me give some water in my. Yeah, hand. I have to. Try, I'm gonna try it as well. Oh my god. Right, wait, wait, that was, I was no. going to try mine, but I won't even have to. Oh, come that. on. No, it's nothing. It can't touch Can you, that. Wait, let's do this. Let's, let's make it different. Let's, let's do yours, but let's do more of a sensitive predator. <laughs> Mine's a cat. No, God damn no, it. No, Mine's a cat. Good. No. That was good. No. I didn't come here to be There's some like to. hardcore predator fans out there going, idiots, uh, it's like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, last but not least, I want to talk about the live show that you do, mm-hmm. The Resistance. Ah. It's a little bit of improv comedy, a little bit of action uh, genre appreciation. <laughs> You're just making up words now. That's, I'm not going to help you. I saw that you had that verbal handout going like, help me. And nope. No, you keep, you keep swimming on your own, Matt. It's the only way you're going to learn socially. And I did. Yeah. Take us through it. Tell us where and when it is. All right. Uh, no, I do the show called uh, The Resistance, and what The Resistance is, it's it's more of experimental theater mixed with improv than actual improv itself. So th- we'll do scenes where uh, we'll do different genres like Western or sci-fi, horror. Um, we'll use tropes from the audience they gave us, um, and, and uh, we'll use audience members and go out and do scenes off stage. But what makes the show unique as well is we have a bunch of stunt pads on stage, and kind of I've had a lot of custom ones made with almost like giant Lego blocks, uh-huh. and we'll build scenes out of them. And, uh, you know, we'll do our own special effects. We'll do full improvised fights. You know, guys will climb on other guys' shoulders and be giants. We'll flip each other. You know, we have a, we'll have we build uh, 
like you know giant like helicopters or like airplanes out of like objects that are around or whatever we find and it's so as an artist it's so fulfilling to me i love the show so much because it, you you get that purest form of creation like there's six writers on stage we all have our own ideas and it's like we all have a pen and once someone writes something down like or performs it that's what it is. And so nobody tries to control each other uh, in the group, and we all celebrate each other's like uh, strengths and weaknesses, and we honestly perform as a team. And I, I love the show. Like We, we do it every Sunday uh, at uh, the Comedy Sports Theater in Los Angeles at 9 o'clock. It's on Seward, just above Melrose. Yeah, right? yeah. which is uh, – we also have the, you know, the website is you know, resistancecomedy.com. <clears throat> Same thing on like Facebook and uh, Instagram. But the things I'm also excited about, we, we have interest in, like, we're putting pitches together for a TV show because uh, we've had, like, the like, like the VP of Warner Brothers casting came out. And it's like, we've I've never seen anything like this. Would it like, still be improvised, the TV show, yeah, in that's, theory? That's what I would like very yeah. much so, which would be great. Um, but we have things set up. Like, afterwards, we'll go out to a, what used to be Cat and a Fiddle, where we go and um, to the like, invite the entire audience. Also going, hey, we're going to go have drinks over here. And the reason we do that, because that, that thing that we're all at different levels we're trying to move forward like we've had kids who just moved here from Wisconsin and they're like we don't they don't know anything about the industry at all and they want to be actors or whatever and we're like hey man like here are our notes and they're like wait I saw you on this TV show and this movie and like I go, man we're we're all just trying to move forward together like you're not a threat to me like why wouldn't I share any knowledge and it's it's so lovely to do the show and the, on another tangent or slight tangent the other thing that we're doing is once a month we're choosing a, a high school and we go, hey, we want to come and do a show for you. The deal is you charge whatever you want for admission. We won't take a cut at all as long as 100% of the proceeds will, will go to your arts programs because there's no funding for theater anymore. And so, you know, we'll show up and do shows and we're, we're trying to give back and help out, you know, for some of the, uh, the, the, the future artists and the younger people have, having a, a, a platform. That's really great. I forgot. I do have one last question. What? How many times have you been squibbed? It's a dream of mine <laughs> to be squibbed. I've been squibbed a lot, uh, a whole lot. Share it if with you wanna, the world. I can, we can make that happen, by but the way, if you want to get squibbed. That's all I want to do. Yeah, we can. I know. In fact, I want to die getting squibbed <laughs> just so it's, that my life will have peace. <laughs> uh, okay. No, uh, that's not true. What? I mean, uh, Really? This is amazing. Just to see the audience knows, like Matt is has his hands on the table, his head is cocked to the side, and he looks like he is seeing like like a child seeing Santa Claus give him his Christmas gift, and he's like, "Tell me what's in the box." Like there's like passion and love in his eyes. Have you noticed now that I'm sitting lower than you now too? You're, I, I adjusted you've my taken chair. The status. I became the alpha. Oh, please squib me, Derek. <laughs> so gross. Will you squib me? I can. Yeah. All right. I can. Well, you heard it here. It's locked down in audio print. <laughs> Derek, thank you so much. Uh, you're my buddy. Thank you, buddy. I'm happy to be here with my buddy. I'm also a little disappointed because I was hoping I, I just realized on the way here because I do listen to your show. Uh, and I thought you were going to sing the intro and I realized that it's Oh, recorded. live? Yeah. No, it's done live every time. You just you, you came in right after it. Oh. Yeah, okay. every time. We have full band in here. I understand how technology works. <laughs> You wouldn't want to hear me sing it live. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Matt. Thank you to Derek Mears, and let's keep this Friday the 13th talk going with a new segment called... I was scared to... Tonight, 
Is Jason Voorhees the deadliest slasher in film history? If not, which fictional character from the cinema has killed the most people? Seems like a straightforward question, right? Answered easily enough given the correct empirical data? Wrong. But regardless, I set to the web nature's dumbass dictionary to find the answer. Remember, this is fictional character here, not historical or biographical character. I think as far as killers go, Hitler's got that one sewn up pretty well. Congratulations, Hitler. You've done it again. So who is it? And what are their criteria? Well, you see, that's where it gets tricky. There are many different numbers out there depending on the rubric of who killed whom, who was even whom you thought they were when they were killing whom, what even is a death of whom exactly, and tell me whom, was it all a dream? Now, some websites have him killing as many as 300 people, but that's not accurate. A sober and academic analysis of the films show that his body count is not nearly that high. But is it the highest? Let's find out. First, we must set some criteria. Number one, getting killed in a dream does not count. Number two, murders inspired by Jason do not count. For instance, Friday the 13th Part 5, Jason was a copycat killer doing the murders. Number three, Jason's spirit possessing others does count, as in Friday the 13th Part Jason Goes to Hell or whatever. Number four, people killed in a virtual reality do not count. Now please, Allow me to cite my sources so you can blame them if something is wrong. Please remember this is for fun, not journalism. So if I made any mistakes or misinterpretations, let's all be okay with it and not need to send emails where you can tell that the writer is just uncontrollably shaking. Number one, Huffington Post, which has a wonderful compilation video of all of Jason's kills. It's a different count than mine, but because of the criteria. See this episode's webpage to view that. Number two, funtrivia.com. And number three, the Friday the 13th wiki. Okay, let's take a brief walk through these films. I'll save the tally for the end. Friday the 13th. It's not even Jason is the killer. It's his mother. Can you believe that? In a nice sweater. Well, she's beheaded, but Jason manages to get one kill in there, I'll tell you that much, right at the ending, as a sort of drowned, deformed boy popping up from Crystal Lake. Then in Friday the 13th Part 2, Jason becomes a man. He hasn't fully found himself yet, wearing a bag on his head instead of the trademark hockey mask, but he's growing up, our little guy. And then in Friday the 13th Part 3, which is in 3D, Jason finally finds himself and wears a hockey mask from there on out. Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, sees Jason firmly established in his role as Slasher. Then, in Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, none of that counts. Because as stated before, he's just a copycat killer. An ambulance driver takes on the persona of Jason and goes on a rampage. But fear not, in Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason lives. He's resurrected from the grave as a lightning strikes some sort of wrought iron thing in a real ham-fisted attempt to bring him back to life. But what do you want? Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, is all about a psychic battle between a young girl and Jason himself. Then in Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason goes on vacation to Manhattan. And finally, the last in the first real run of the franchise, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. That's twice that they're calling these movies the final Jason movies, but they're not, because then there's Jason X, Friday vs. Jason, and the reboot of Friday the 13th from 2009 that our guest Derek Mears was in. So, taking the numbers, adhering to the criteria from before, and using the films Friday the 13th Part 1 through Jason X, because they basically are the cinematic lifespan of one character, I'm reasonably confident that the final number is 125 kills. 
It doesn't include a dog, so you might want to say 126. But still, is that the most kills by a character in cinema history? No. It's the most kills for any classic slasher murderer, but the most kills for a fictional character in a movie was committed by one person in one movie, 1974's Lone Wolf and Cub, White Heaven and Hell, the character of Ogami Ito killed 150 people. What are we even doing as a country if within a full franchise of slasher films, we can't beat one film from Japan in 1974? Are we not the fattest country in the world? Why can't we be the most murderous in terms of cinematic history? I don't know what to say. I take some solace in the fact that at least by deadliest actors on screen, we take that by far. Arnold Schwarzenegger has 369 kills. Coming in in a distant second is Chow Yun-Fat with 295. And if we had to fill any better, right behind that is Sylvester Stallone with 267. And somehow Dolph Lundgren comes in number four. Way to go, Dolph. Although he's not ours. He feels like ours, doesn't he? Which makes me realize Schwarzenegger isn't really ours either, is he? But he really is, isn't he? I mean, he may not have been born here, but he's killed here. And he's been a governor here. And he tried to argue that he should run for president here. Which, if he thinks he can do that... He's truly American. Well, we really proved something today, and what we proved is I don't know. But we did it, together, even though I did this alone. And by alone, I mean lonely. Okay, I have to go. Thanks. I was scared too. Well, that's it for this episode of I Was There Too. If you know of someone that could be a good guest for this show and you can connect me to them, email me at IWasThere2Pod at gmail.com. Good night. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.